You're listening to a Behind Closed Doors podcast on 3CR 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash Behind Closed Doors. Our podcasts are also available on iTunes and Spotify. This show is broadcast on the land belonging to the people of Kulin Nation. Behind Closed Doors 3CR pays its respect to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledges that sovereignty has never been ceded, always was and always will be Aboriginal land. You have tuned in to 3CR's program Behind Closed Doors. This program explores all topics related to sex work. We give sex workers and allies a comfortable space to share their experiences. We also appreciate questions from the general public. Behind Closed Doors aim to uncover what the sex industry is really like. Our program exists to bridge the gaps. Please be mindful this program is not suitable for little years as there may also be explicit language use. Please email us at bcg3cr at gmail.com. Happy, happy new year! What's up, everybody? <laughs> We've got Sasha and Kitty in the house. I know this is the first day we're back at the office slash studio this year. It almost feels surreal, isn't right? it? Like, wow, we're actually physically in the 3CR studios. I kind of miss being here, don't you? I would love to be here more often this year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps even have guests come in mm-hmm. and uh, practice some talkback. I know, at the, the moment future. we can't due to the COVID restrictions, mm. but definitely in the future we can have guests coming in because we want to show that what we do to the guests and let them feel the vibe inside the studio. What we do to the guests, mm, it's not no, no, as raunchy no. as it actually sounds. Oh, you gone to the dirty <laughs> side. We just have to clarify because, you know, this is a show about sex work and mm-hmm. people tend to make assumptions. Yes, but, you know, we're very professional here at of 3CR, course. Yeah. as always, in everything that we do. And, you know, I know that the holiday season has just passed, but mm. this is Kitty and Sasha's wish list. Yes. We want to be in the studio more often for 2022. That's it. See, it's, it, this show is all about about sex work, sex, uh, sexual health, sex uh, positivity, yeah. anything related to sex. I, I love sex. <laughs> we just need to destigmatize this whole idea of sex being bad. I mean, how, mm. I always say, how do people think children are mean? <laughs> exactly. And your children are going to have sex at some stage. Uh, it's, hard, right? it's hard for parents to think. That I know because I've got many friends with kids and they're like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. Like, you know what? I'm <laughs> usually that auntie will talk about very inappropriate thing uh conversation with the family and the kids will be listening you get what i mean and mm. i'm always talk about sex openly because they know about uh my um i talk about sex openly with my family members as well and friends so they sometimes cr- i can see their face cringing <laughs> because their kids are around but you know what He's gonna gonna learn at, at school anyway from uh, their from their friends. They're gonna watch porn. It's better to learn from a trusted source mm. who actually cares about you compared to 
researching it on the internet where there's no guidelines, yeah. right? And yeah, they yeah. might be learning something that isn't even correct. Yes, that's so it. So for me, the way I operate, it's a bit different. I, in some sense, wish I could be more like you, Sasha, because <laughs> I've got all my breaks on, right? Whenever I'm around family, I don't talk about anything that's not PG mm-hmm. unless I'm invited. So like part of my heart's always like, ask me these things. I want to <laughs> share with you my knowledge and what I've learned. But um, you know what, sis? Um, I used to be that awkward person because, okay, I, I'm going to start how I become really open about sex. F- friends back in Singapore, my French from, from uh, French friends from France talk about sex very openly. And I used to be so awkward um, listening to it or even want to talk about it. So coming here to Australia, I think the Western country is a bit different because in Singapore, it's a bit Asianized and, um, you know, there's always, um, what do you say? It's more conservative. Yes, that's the word. So over here, it's a bit open. So I become more open. It's like slowly opening up. So how did you go from cringing yourself to being completely open and embracing Because I thought it's just a bit of hypocrite um, for me to actually being cringing about people talking about sex while I'm actually actively having sex. Like mm. Sometimes I'm really a freak in the bedroom. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? I just gonna, I said, I'm just gonna do me and I just gonna talk about sex. And you know what? Those people who cringe at, like right now, they're gonna be me in the future. Well, I mean, is that to say they, these people who are cringing, they, either A, have never had sex, don't want to have sex, don't want anything to do with sex, don't participate in masturbation. Not really. I think they do have sex. It's just that they don't want, they think like sex is supposed to be private. Oh yeah, I I can understand that. But you can't judge a person who actually talk about sex openly if you're actually having sex behind that, behind closed doors. Well, for me... Or outside the doors. Okay, I can (laughs) see where they're coming from, right? Mm -hmm. But when we don't talk about sex on a public level and we don't educate ourselves openly, then how do we know that we're learning the right thing or how do we know we are actually respecting our partner in the bedroom? Now, obviously... This has to come with some level of discretion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to be aware <laughs> of your surroundings and who you have around you. But it's, I think, you know, it would be great to encourage people to have that safe space created to be able to talk about sexual health and whether or not what they're doing is is right or wrong um, and what works for them. I I say this from my own experience. Like when I was married at the age of 18, Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything, Sasha. And like how I was treated in a bedroom, I didn't even know whether I liked it or didn't like it or whether or not it should have been done to me. And I think looking back, um, there would have been a couple of things I would now say no to. Yeah, of course. Um, but how would I have had known, right? I think being um, in the sex work industry, it opens up and you experience a lot more with your clientele. Like, I'll give you an example. Ten years ago, I don't like to get choked in the bedroom, but I do now. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, I guess there's... there's there's a positive side because if I'm if I didn't get into this industry, I probably my sex life will be just vanilla. Mm. Mm. One day in 2022, if our listeners would like, we can have a whole episode about 
choking. Oh um, my god! Because it's really important Choke to do me. it correctly. <laughs> there are laws that are being introduced now about um, asphyxiation that's leading to death that could be, you know, non intentional. Yeah. And so when I practice choking, whether it's in my services or in my personal life, we don't push up against the throat. We push down against the chest. And then if someone taps you on the arm immediately, you must let of go. Of course, there's right? always um, the, uh, what do you call it, the safe word. Yes, and yeah. people don't discuss these things before they have a sexual encounter, right? Yes. So how do you no know where to draw the line is so important Correct. to have this... Um, Consent. Cons- you know, consensual, mm. safe, respectful relationship with the person you're going to have sex with rather than just winging it. <laughs> like, I mean, like, <laughs> I guess if someone that you trust, especially like your partner, you already know each other, so you already practice it. So out of nowhere, you get choked. It, it doesn't bother me. Right. You're going to me? Yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking about everyone else who yeah. might be having a one-night stand oh, yeah, or who's going to met in a club. Um, but yeah, guys, I'm just teasing you for what topics we might cover for <laughs> 2022. And in fact, Sasha, maybe you'd like to share what we're covering for the month of February. Okay, so in February, we're going to talk about sexual health and relationships. Um, I know we already did it in the past, but we didn't get to cover it as much as we want to. So There's so much to cover. Yeah, yeah. so I thought we're going to start off with uh, sexual health and relationship for the month of February. And I think also when we acknowledge sexual health and when we acknowledge that relationships, um, healthy relationships need to be the focus mm. between you mm. know consenting adults, uh, that sets such a beautiful foundation yeah. for any relationship moving forward. And that's why Correct. we want to start with this really important topic for the month of February. We also want to break the stigma up within sexual health, like um, an example with um, STI. And um, a lot of people think having STI, you know, you, you're going to ruin somebody's life. No, there's, there's always a cure for it and also prevention. So we're going to teach you how to prevent getting STI or if, if you get STI, where to go and get treated. I know you're very knowledgeable in this area, so I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, sure. Uh, I, I know quite in the recent years, they've been developing a drug for HIV and that mm-hmm. type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Prevention. Um, and so when you're talking about cures, how does that relate to HIV? Okay, so um, it's the medication that you take is called PrEP. Ah, so yeah. PrEP you take daily, every day. Uh, and it stops the infection towards others, right? Towards, no, f- I'm contracting it. Okay. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, you take it prior to contract, like... No, no, no. This is, this is to protect yourself. So it's yeah, like okay. you, you get shield from getting HIV yeah. from, from PrEP. So there's also when, um, if you're not on PrEP, but if you're already exposed, let's say you had um, um, a, uh, unsafe sex, you need to go visit the sexual health clinic within 48 hours when you had sex with that person and they can prescribe you the PrEP pill and you have to have it for one month. So it will kill the HIV bacteria inside your body. So much to learn, even for me. And, you know, I want to say, like, my sex work journey has just been full of lessons and learnings, and I've grown so much to the point where I can say (laughs) I'm actually more knowledgeable with sexual health now, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm being able to protect myself uh, very well from STIs compared to before 
sex work. Yeah, of course. So back in uni, that was the one time I did contract, I think it was yeah. chlamydia or yeah. something. That is very common for a teenager. For a, for yeah. a teenager. Yes. And you see, if we can bring that knowledge of sex work yeah. about how to protect yourself, yeah. why condoms are important, yeah. then I wouldn't have had that yeah. situation of True. contracting chlamydia back when I was 18. Yeah. But, so, uh, but, yeah, but, knowledge is just so important. And, you know, while chlamydia is something that's easily cured, um, mm. sometimes you hear people say, well, if I catch it, I'll just take a pill. But you can't do that because then you'll gain some antibiotic resistance Correct. and it might yeah. not be so useful or effective for you in the future yeah. so yeah. again everyone we're just teasing you with topics we yes, might cover there's in more the to talk about it so stay tuned in february um we're going to talk about sexual health and relationships mm. Mm. could even split that into two months uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that will be pushing it uh. Because yes. we have a lot um, to talk about every month. So we have a list actually already. Um, so yeah. Um, so that will be February. Um, sexual health and relationships. Well, right now we're going to go to a song. It's by Sonny. And it feels so good to be so back good. at 3CR. Yes. smile when I'm feeling down you give me such a vibe it's totally bonafide mm. it's not the way you walk and it ain't the way you talk it ain't the job you got that keeps me satisfied
my god, I love that song. It took me back to where? Um, when I was actually in Greece, this song <laughs> was so popular. They were playing this MTV song. Like literally every second. I ask you because I know you're so well traveled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I love. You know what? When I travel, I like to stay in fancy hotel because I love to be in the hotel most of the time. I don't know why. Don't oh, you ask mean me. you don't even leave the hotel? No, I do. I do. Like during the day, you know. So I, I, I just like comfort. I like. Yeah, just nice things. I think um, what I've learned about you is work hard and play very hard. That's it. No, work smart. And work smart, yeah. Yes. <laughs> work smart and play hard. That's it. I guess, you know, sex work is to some extent working very smart, mm. um, especially when you have a good head screwed on, you're seeking Correct. business advice and you're running your sex work as if though you're running a business. Because that's what sex work is, is a legal form of making money. Yeah. I here just, in Australia. Yeah, but... I always said you do not let the work um, control you. You control the work. So not every dollar, um, you should just go for every dollar. And also that applies to almost every industry, oh, yeah. does it not? Well, it depends really, but I'm just talking out loud uh, for sex workers because in my experiences, I used to, to just say yes to a booking. And then I regret it later because that person just treated me really mm. like, like, yeah, like a slave in the bedroom. And I hate it. And it's not about, and after that, after the booking, I really feel gross for myself. This is why. Setting boundaries. Yeah, setting important. boundaries. Correct. Yeah. So do not let the work control you. You control the work. It's not all about the money. The money will come to you. And sometimes um, there are reasons why clients offer you more than Correct. your rate. Yeah, of <laughs> because course. they know what they're like yes. in your bedroom. So I used to be that person yeah. and I used to cry, you know. I used to come out of the booking and cry because I said, How can he treat me like that? Mm. Like no, now no. I mean you I control it. If I, if I don't want to take that booking, I wouldn't, I, I just say no. And being a sole business trader, we are our own boss. Yes. We need to set our own boundaries mm. and make sure that we are safe. Yeah, for if, sure. If our safety goes or if our mental health goes, that there goes That's our it. income as well. Yeah, health comes first. I think ultimately what I'd like to um, conclude from this mm -hmm. is that sex work is a legitimate form of work. Yeah. Um, and we need to stop the stigma by embracing the work that we do That's and just it. saying, hey, like, you know, I'm on this journey where I'm slowly coming out of the closet. And <laughs> I saying think you're already out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my way out. <laughs> um, and, and just acknowledging sex work as a type of profession that allows you to grow in ways where other people can't get that mm -mm, same mm -mm, growth mm -mm. in terms of, you know, learning how to embrace sexual health and acknowledging that people do struggle with their sexual oh, yeah, health and how yeah. we can encourage them and help them. Not like by providing services to them necessarily, yeah. but by sharing our insight and our knowledge as well. Yeah, I yeah. agree. And this is why decrim is so important, isn't it, Sasha? Oh my God, it's so important. I mean, okay, let's, for me, it is important for others but it's not important for me oh! and many of my trans sisters as trans sisters sex workers. Very let me Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because you know what? We have been a survivor. Some have licensed. I'm talking about just in Victoria. Some are licensed sex workers and some are not. And still, they are survived. They still do okay with the sex work that they, they, they've been doing for, for so many years. Mm. So I guess I asked this question to them before and I, and I said, what does decrim um, will help you? And they said, like, not much, to be honest, because we always 
been looking after ourselves, even like if we've been hurt by clients, we sort it out ourselves instead of going to authorities because yeah, it's just it's just how we work. I just think that that summarizes how much resilience mm-hmm. there is in the trans sex work community. Um, and that, you know, people are always adapting Mm-mm. and just rolling with the punches, right? Correct. No decrim, fine, I do my best. Yeah. Decrim, fine, I still do my best. Correct, because you know what? It, being transgender is already a stigma through the society and yeah. then become sex worker. So it's a double stigma. So we fought to just live on this this space. Yeah. So I guess that's why a lot of the trans sex workers said decrim doesn't do much for them. Um, but I can try, I totally can get it because it actually can help others, like especially street-based sex workers and those sex workers who are not eligible to get licensed in Victoria. Mm, or even like sex workers who find it safer to work from um, their own hotel yeah. or their own Airbnb or even maybe if their home is appropriate, their yeah. own home. Um, you know, sometimes when I have gone to a client's mm-hmm. uh, place, I always check the room for cameras. There's one time I walked in and there were other people in the room. I'm like, what's going on? This oh, is yes. so inappropriate yes, and yes. so dangerous, actually. Yeah, yeah. So I think that decrim can help sex workers a lot yeah. to some extent. Um, but I think from our conversations between Sasha and <laughs> I here, uh, we want to start this destigmatization, yeah. whether or when. Decrim is going to happen because, as we know, it right, needs to happen. Decrim is delayed yet again, oh. and <laughs> okay. it might keep getting delayed. Yeah. Uh, who knows? We're currently waiting on the upper house in Parliament to table um, decrim, and uh, you know, a lot of the news says that Victoria will have decrim eventually, and there will yeah. be a two-year sort of phase for us to gain um, complete decrim. Yeah, but. I just think it's too long to wait. Like, let's stop so, waiting. Let's just start uh, destigmatizing sex work <clears throat> now. Yeah. Um, because it's so important that when decrim happens, we need to acknowledge that that stigma will not just disappear like magic, right? See, so People you know, are going to judge us anyway. Yeah. You know what? i just going to be the devil here because all these politicians who said no to decrim, we know some of them have used sex worker services, mm. right? Some have said, you we know, can't, yes, they support in some sense. I no. wish I can name them, <laughs> but that would be in a podcast. <laughs> but oh, it's so frustrating. How hypocrite are they? Yeah. Right? Sometimes you have to, you know, um, see through that insecurity and ask them, why are they saying no? What have they got to hide? Oh, it's because they are hypocrites. Full stop. It's not an easy world that we live in, mm-hmm. but I think that we just have to remain positive. Yeah. Um, look to the bright side that Victoria will eventually have decrim. And for those who uh, will benefit a lot from decrim, mm. yeah, just be patient and let's just keep marching on together. Yeah, let's fight for it. Yeah. And sis, let's go to the lighter side. What have you done during the summer break? I'm pretty sure all the listeners want to know what we did. <laughs> Me? <laughs> what do listeners think that sex workers actually do during holidays? Are we still like, you know, up against the the walls doing a 69? Or yes. Hello. A, a vertical 69. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did because your partner was back in town. <laughs> Don't forget, I had COVID at the beginning of December last year. Oh, yeah. So I was saying, look, like, I understand we haven't been together for quite a a few months, Mm -hmm. but uh, strictly no hugging, no kissing, and no sex while I've got COVID. 
<laughs> and within the house, like because yeah. our hygiene standards were yeah. so high and so meticulous, he never caught COVID. Yeah, uh, even I, though we were still in the same bed as well. So that was that was that? the first case. Um, actually, listen. Um, actually, known from you because a, a person who lives under the same roof and one person doesn't get COVID. But now I have a lot more evidence. Like my family members, the kids got COVID and the parents doesn't have. Mm. At that time, I was like, so confused. Like, how can a person who has it doesn't pass it to the person? Who actually in the same roof? Yeah. But I well, guess we didn't it's share all food, and we just made sure like hygiene standards were top notch. Yeah, but I think it's all um, back to individual immune systems. So if that person, yeah, you're um, right yeah <laughs> so their body is so strong with the bacteria, they are fighting it, and that's why they didn't catch it. Yeah, yeah. I like the thing I played a part in it because I was sanitizing my hands every time I blew you my did nose. Too, for and... sure, <laughs> that, of course. What about you, Sasha? Oh, what did you get up? My to? God, there's a lot of uh, family parties and dinner parties. And yeah, that was fun. I mean, we start off with a week before Christmas because all the family members um going to usually they will go to camping on Christmas week. So we always have parties um the week before, and after that on Boxing Day we pool party. That was so much fun, and mm. I got really really drunk <laughs> at a pool party. At a pool party, but it was so much fun because it's like music, there's DJs and everything. It was just only close friends and families. So yeah, um. It's a lot of uh, self-care as well. So, um, um, yeah, a lot of self-care. I mean, um, I just took a break, just chill at home and do nothing and did a bit of um, um, pampering, you know. And I don't mean to take your wonderful holiday and tie okay. it back to sex work, but I just want to highlight oh. like how important it is to feel safe to have fun right and oh. at your pool party because obviously you yeah. said you were drinking and yeah, you're yeah. so drunk at a pool party yeah. you want to like have the best people around you to look after you yeah while you're drinking and at the pool and in the same way with sex work like we're always trying to create a safe space mm -hmm. with the people or partner we're with yeah because it's also very pri uh, personal space yeah. where your privates are exposed <laughs> and so you want to feel safe and so again the same uh, adage applies to have fun you have to feel safe of course I mean I won't be getting drunk if I'm not in the safe space and I was surrounded with all the people that I grew up uh, back in Singapore as well so you know we know each other for a very long time mm. so yeah and um, that's why um, whenever we catch we don't really catch up that often maybe like three four times a year so whenever we catch up it's always fun times so yeah sounds like you and your clients as well <laughs> <laughs> not really because I don't I don't have I don't really party with my clients I, I oh, don't no, not the party oh, okay. but just having fun oh yeah of course that's why they always come back to me sis <laughs> And then when you said to me every three weeks, I'm like, yep, that's the cycle. <laughs> okay, talking about sex work, right? This this morning I woke up and I, I, I wrote, um, sorry, I read this article about this um, lady who sells her um, breast milk and she makes $31,000 per month. And For she sell, mothers who need breast milk to give to their babies? or And also guys like, is part of his fetishes for guys who likes to drink um, mother's milk or oh. a lady's uh, breast milk. Sorry. So, do you think that's part of sex work? If well, it's already is, fetish, um, it's already applies to um, her work. Like, is there fetish simply worshiping breast milk, or is there some kind of foreplay sexual element? To okay, it? let me let me rephrase that because she also. Um, a video sell her video of milking herself as well so she sell that video 
plus the breast milk. Mm, that that's sex me, work, right? Seems like sex work. Cause well you done. Are, you are meeting the needs of people's uh sexual needs yeah sexual needs yeah so i thought yeah that was interesting um you know what there's a lot of areas and categories of sex work so but this is totally new so i might try to get um some milk out and try and sell it on ebay <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure science uh, i think you need to have a baby first don't you? Uh, okay see so what's on for next week oh okay well you know what Next week, I think we should run with this story and talk more about what classifies as sex work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like some people ask, uh, you know, is stripping part of sex work? Some strippers say yes, some strippers say no. Mm-hmm. And I think Sasha and I, we're very strong with yeah. how we would define yeah. sex work yeah. just based on um, what we have personally encountered. Mm. And I know that definitions can be different to some, but you know what? We are out of time today, and so we can't even play you our last song. But All right. we've had such good fun today. Thank you for joining us. It is our first day back in the studio, and you know, I just want to say Happy New Year to all of you. Here's to a great 2022. This is a replay from an episode of Behind Closed Doors. We sincerely hope you enjoy this episode as much as we have enjoyed producing it.